Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to bring God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon and this is Julian. Yo. And today we're going to talk about anxiety. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? If you live in England, COVID is over officially. No more masks, no more passports, no more restrictions. Cheerio. I should have brought out the Union Jack. I know. So what what does over mean for England? Why can't we be over? Why can't it be over here? Because the the prime minister was getting hammered from all sides. So he decided to go for it. Boris? Yeah, he was because he was... uh, he was the one who kind of spearheaded the whole Brexit thing. So he was like super right-wing, mm. populist, will of the people kind of person. But when COVID happened, for some reason, he went full authoritarian. He just locked everyone down. They're different over there, man. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't have the freedoms. No, honest. it's that, that they don't have the mentality even to think about freedoms. What do they think about? Duty. 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 That's Is that the one. whole royal thing? Yeah, because it's we for, don't have a king. for king and country. We don't have king. So we don't do any. Yeah, we, don't, we really don't because it's... Is that freedom? Yeah, that's what it is. Like the American dream is all about your personal... Yeah. Um, was it you that told me about the, the difference between Doctor Who and Captain Kirk? Um, about like how there... Someone did a study or someone did like some kind of analysis on the difference between Captain Kirk and Doctor Who and just the show Star Trek and Doctor Who. And how different it was, how how American Star Trek is, and how British mm. Doctor Who is, because them as like leading characters are uh, so American and so British. So, so <laughs> the Time Lord, right, right. Is, is the Time Lord, and uh, he's like been in that forever or whatever the story right, right, is, right. And you can never be the Time Lord. Yes, you can be his friend. Right, you can travel companion. But you can never be him or like, you know, a time, whatever. And so that's like a British thing. Like, you're never going to be king. You can right. come with me. But you, we there's titles here. There's roles mm-hmm. here. Whereas Captain Kirk is like a pull yourself up, you know, yes. from nothing to the captain of the Enterprise. Right. Of like, all right, here we go. And then guess what? You can be captain someday. You can work your way up. And that's how it works. And, and it was just like funny how different it was of how the sci-fi shows kind of at the same time. Were. Yeah, that is interesting because the, the Doctor Who, by proxy of being on forever, it does always change character. Like the guy is always a different actor, but it's never you. It's never you. You're never going to be him. You're never going to be him and you're never going to, yeah. And so like that's kind of the way it is. Whereas like, you know, you know, Starfleet or whatever, the Federation or whatever it is, the, you know, they move up and they get different ranks and then, you know, it's right. just like how it it's is like in the, the military. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but it, I guess it's well, the just, Navy, I guess. I guess it's just different over there with very like, this is your class and this is where you are. And this is just kind of where you're going to be. And if you want to be something else, go to America. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody did. That's what everybody did. So like all the other countries too. Well, that's what blows me away with places like Canada and Australia. And like, I think of them as modern countries with concepts of freedom and human rights, but they're really not. They're Commonwealth countries. Right. They have that royal mindset where if the government is spoken, the divine right of Kings. Now, do we have a certain level of chaos and uh, are we are we are we missing out on something because we don't have that? We're all one sort of. Uh, I think it's worth the trade off. Yeah, I think so because imagine if we had if we all had New York or California's mentality. Well, maybe it won't be that, but you know. But that's the that's the if we're talking about like the elite. So class. does everyone in is everyone in England have the London mentality? 
Well, I don't know. It's different because it's not one. England's not as big. Yeah. And two, being yeah, an elite a, is different than just being regional. Man, you know? that's a big part of it. Like yeah. All the European stuff is just like they're basically states, right? And that in our states are very different. And so, yeah, imagine if they were, and that's we would kind of have the same diversity we have here, but just different countries, right? Instead of you know, once that's what's weird about America that we have those like we're we're kind <laughs> of separate countries. Yeah. But so is that is that why COVID's still going on? Because we're, we're so like. We're not unified, I guess. It's kind of with that where everybody wants. Like, because I'd say Texas is like England right now. And Florida, they're yeah, open. They've much. been open. COVID's been over here for a year. <laughs> yeah, Florida, Florida <laughs> is full on. Except the half price books. Yeah, half price books still. We're coming after you, half price. We had Nazis with the masks. <laughs> um, so, uh, what about private businesses over there? Are they not like. Because like here, that's the thing here is like we don't have a federal mandate, and so we can't do you know we can't. Well, whoever is Biden is the boss of, he can't tell them what to do. Right? You can't tell people at a private business if they want to. Hey, we're all wearing blue shirts on Tuesday. That's what happens. If we're right, all wearing right. masks, that's the freedom of the private business. They don't have that over there. I don't know how private business works over there because like they have government run TV. <sighs> so we kind of like going, or we have public. Television. Yeah, but nobody cares about public television. Like, <laughs> you public television has to ask you for your money. They have to pay a TV tax. Is that how all their TV is over there? Over there, if you live in England, you own a TV, you pay a TV tax every year. But we don't have a TV tax. Yeah, because we don't have government-funded t- television. What's public? What's the public? Want? That's relying on us. That's why PBS would always say, brought to you by McCoy's Lumber and viewers like you, because they do a pledge drive or whatever. Oh, yeah. Those, like, yeah. You get a free tote bag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I never gave him money for a thousand dollars to Sesame Street. <laughs> but that's yeah. I mean, it's huh. they have some different. But that's not government. No, it's not government. So what is it then? For us or for them? For us, like what's PBS? It's public broadcast. I mean, I'm sure they get a, a percentage from the government. Is that all? But it's it? not. Yeah, not enough to keep it running. Huh. That's weird. So, like, but I thought that's when. Mr. Rogers like went to yeah, and I think he Congress got like or... some. <laughs> that it was enough to say. <laughs> well, apparently, and that was a mistake. Man, so they tax us and then they still annoy us with this. <laughs> they still ask us for money. Anyway. Is there anything good on public television? I've never. PBS? When's the last time you watched anything on PBS? When I was a kid, we watched Arthur. Right, and that was it. And now Arthur's got the <laughs> the agenda. Is Arthur woke. Oh yeah, he's got a gay teacher. Oh man! They had they, it was a surprise. The teacher, Mr. Ratburn, he's gay. He's gay. He was getting married, and they were building it up, and they were like, "Oh, it's his wedding," and then you find out it's to another dude. Oh man! So they got they got blue pilled. I remember I used to, I saw a, a TV movie on PBS that was pretty good. I don't remember what it was called, but it was about a magician. I, mean, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I always thought the the camera was weird on those like masterpiece theater. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, it's like super. It's like a soap opera camera. Yeah. And I didn't like it. It's not quite TV, but not quite. Yeah, some people have uh, there's TV set that that way, and I go like my uncle, man, uncle have that, and I went over there. I was like, oh, your TV looks all weird. Like, it's all just all every television, right. every station. <laughs> it's that weird fat. Like everything is caught, and I was like, why is your TV all weird? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, your TV looks weird. <laughs> it's it's like the the camera looks weird, and they're like, it looks fine, look it's like normal, um, and I'm like. No, it doesn't. Like, are we seeing different things? <laughs> and that is really weird. Like, are we seeing the world at different frame rates? Yeah. 
Is, is that like, possible if someone can't see the change? No, in that? I think it's if you're used to it, like if you had it for so long, you just you don't notice that it's different than what you, before. But those haven't been around the super easy. No, but I imagine if you, if you so, watch it for long enough. So my forty something year old uncle growing up watching all normal television. Well, think about buys have, this and doesn't know it's no, not normal. Have you ever tried to watch a, a music video from like when you were a teenager on YouTube? Um. Yeah, and it's like hyper pixelated, and you can't really like it. It doesn't look like it. you. You remember it being clear. Yeah, but you're so used to the 4K, 5K YouTube now that it looks super weird. What do they call that? Where it's like you remember things differently. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's like with like movie lines, especially. Oh, the Mandela. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember everything differently. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have those on a. I'll see videos where people are reacting to it. And they're like, no, I know for sure. Yeah. No, you never saw that. My friend, I had a friend who swore that Shazam was a real movie with Sinbad as a genie. Shazam? Yeah, Shazam. Well, it's Kazam. Exactly. And that's that's how I first heard with about Shaq. it. Yes. Your friend's just racist. <laughs> <laughs> you saw a tall black man. It's the same thing. Shazam, you know. Apparently, that's how this whole Mandela effect got big because people swear they remember Sinbad playing a genie named Shazam. And everybody else is like, that never happened. You're thinking of Shaq in Kazam. Whoa, that's weird. Yeah. Is it the show and Kazam? That's Shazam? what I'm assuming. Like they just, and then for some reason threw Sinbad in there. There's people who are trying to put it together and like this, like make a, a, a coherent string. Like this is why you think that happened. But... Trying to analyze the glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in a simulation. Yeah, there was a movie. They should call Shazam. This is that, that and, and some people remember. They didn't, they're not, they haven't taken the blue pills every single day. They remember. Well, the, the the theory, the pop culture, the bro science theory, is that it's when two when the multiverse, when two worlds overlap. overlap, and you get left in a world that you didn't come from, so things are different now. So the only thing's different, yeah, it's Shazam. that Shazam. It's like with uh, in uh, Into the Spider Verse when, it, when it's like uh, instead of Coca Cola, it's something else. Yeah. Like that's the only difference. Yeah. Did you see that movie yesterday? No, I never saw that one. It was really good. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun. It's an interesting premise. Yeah, it was cool. But it was it, it, the most really interesting thing was all the peripheral stuff that changed when the Beatles. Oh, because there would. was no world world yeah. of the Beatles, and it says something like because he, he's like, "Oh, I want a Coca Cola." And she's like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, that's weird." If you think about pull one pin, and like everything changes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole multiverse thing. That's not real, right? Though. No, like, I mean. This is the only possible world? Yeah. And from a Christian worldview, yes. This is the only possible world. Except for the metaverse. Right. Well, I mean, that's not going to happen. We've already established that's not happening. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, I saw those contacts. Remember? Those those AR contacts? Because that, that, that was what we talked about last right. time. You have to have something that's not and stupid. The hardware, yeah, right. is, 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 is too clunky. Well, I did. I was looking at some <laughs> stuff. Or someone sent me so I was talking about it. Someone sent me some. They, are, they have AR contact lenses. Where you put it in your eyes and you look at uh, the computer and you can see information about it off to the side. I don't like you that. see people and you see information. And it's like it's 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 augmented goggles. And it's like whoa, that's the first step in like a bunch of steps that gets us to contact lenses over your pupils that puts you in the multiverse and you can just see everything <sighs> VR, virtual reality, not augmented reality, virtual reality. And so you have nothing on your head. Forget glasses. Forget eyeglasses. It's just your eyes. Lightweight. It's contact. just contact lenses. Right. And now you're in a different world. That's super weird, mm. right? 
And then someone showed me the Black Mirror episode with that. Oh, yeah, where they record everything. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a different one that I'm thinking of. Well, there's, there's one where you can like go into like a start a world or like a gaming thing. And it is, you put these little contact things, or you know, you put something on your temple, and then your eyes kind of blaze oh, over. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like whatever. And he's in the game video game. Because you would have whatever. to be able to fight to like feel, right? Well, the guy's just the, in Black Mirror, right, just right. sitting there, but yeah. But I mean, like, if it's going to be cool, if you're going right. to go like the holodeck, you want to be able to like, yeah, feel like you're really there. Yeah, that is like that shut me up. That might happen <laughs> if the if the hardware can so now keep, the if stomach. the hardware can keep up with the software or whatever the the you know online stuff. Then who knows? Then then it will be. But anyway, I don't know. We'll see. So COVID's over in England. COVID's over in England. It's been over in Texas and Florida for a long time. <laughs> well, it depends who you talk. That the the to the reactions are what blow my mind because I would think that everybody would be like me. And when they tell you you can leave your house, you can go to stores, you can hang out again, it's like, thank you. We're yeah. back. We're back. Yeah. But no, people are freaking out. Like, we're all going to die, hospitalizations. What are we going to do? This is irresponsible. I I, I think from very early on, I knew it was going to be, you're just, we're, we are going to have to change this. I, I, I figured they're never going to come out and be like, it's over, folks. Go right. how about your business. It's all done. It, it's always going to be you know, control and fear. Mm. And we're going to be the ones that have to resist against that and just go to the store. That's, that's essentially what Boris Johnson said was that it's not that the pandemic's over. It's that we just have to learn to live with it the same way we do with the flu and everything else. Right. And at this point, but is there anyone who didn't know that? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people bought into the narrative that we can beat this. Why? I don't that's know. It was so strange. I don't know. When have we ever? I mean, I guess because of polio, probably or smallpox. Yeah. But I mean, that's. I mean, how long was that? Did that go before we quote unquote beat yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, millennia. <laughs> you know, and then we found a true vaccine. Right. And who knows? Maybe we will find something that actually is like you know what? There's actually no corona out there anymore. You know, because we got vaccine, real vaccines, real medications. Well, I mean, the, if a virus is doing what it's supposed to do, it just weakens itself, right? Like, it'll burn itself out. Why didn't, like, smallpox and polio do that stuff? I mean, haven't they? Do they? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> you got chickenpox? Is that, like, a... Is yeah. That, but... Is chickenpox the Omicron of, like, smallpox? No, smallpox. <laughs> you just got small. It's already small. Yeah, you're just itchy. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got left. Yeah. Well, it depends. Apparently, chickenpox is still, if you're, like, an adult and you get chickenpox, you can sterilize you. That's why they they want kids to have. Yeah, they have those chicken pox parties. And stuff. Everybody infected. So you get out of the they way. used to do that with measles. Did you see that? No. Or uh, I think it was measles. There's some old advertising. Tuberculosis. There's some old like news articles or something. It was like measles party. All these kids are like, <laughs> yeah. I always like when you see old pictures of kids with like mumps and they've got like oh, a, a rag god. tied around their head, holding <laughs> their face together. Oh my god! What a world. That's why everybody's like, oh, what? what if you could live in any decade, what would you right now? Yeah, this I would one. choose to live right now because taking any look at the past is like no. I imagine you go no. to the 30s and you immediately cut your knee on some rusty metal, and that's it. <laughs> Step out of the time machine. Yeah, right away. Remembering any tennis. It's like oh no, you're in leg braces and then you got rickets and yeah. Ugh. That was it was uh uh. John Mulaney's talking about like if he went to the past, he couldn't prove he was from the future, <laughs> or he wouldn't do well in the past. Huh? No, he's yeah. like, he's like, because they immediately want proof. Like, okay, well, who's the next president? And like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where you're like, oh, yeah, I got no signal. Like, uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> it was some kind of proof for history. He would just be. Screwed. Oh, that's fantastic! Like, well, uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I mean, the anxiety is still high. We live in the anxiety age. Yeah, this is the age of anxiety. That's what's keeping America from not uh, from ending it, being as good as England. Anxiety. <laughs> Well, England's where that, that slogan came from, keep calm and carry on, right? When they were dropping oh, yeah. bombs on them. The Blitz. Yeah. yeah. They, you were getting blown up. That's When you watch re, watch or read Narnia, that's the whole thing. They went to the country because the whole town was getting blown up. Yeah, that's gnarly, dude. You see those planes flying on yeah. there? Can you imagine? God, but just, we've never had that here. We never will. Eh. Pearl Harbor. It's the closest. Yeah, but that was even that was way out there and just on a naval fleet. Yeah. That, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it could never get that close. We got Navy. We got Navy. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, the oceans between us on yeah, both sides are so exactly. big. That's the thing with all those tiny little state-sized countries over there. Yeah. You know, you take <laughs> one tiny little through. plane ride, and you're in another country. Man. It doesn't happen here. It's like North Canada. So, no. Well, yeah, I think anxiety is... is so, so when, when someone says anxiety, when, mm. what, what comes to my mind is like, well, I'm just kind of worried about something right now. And but now there's this whole like diagnosis behind yes. it, I guess, too. Now, of like uh, when so, so, someone says like they suffer from anxiety, they're not talking about what I think, right? I mean, not like know. I'm nervous for tomorrow, I'm meeting tomorrow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean when I say like right. I'm anxious right now, right? Exactly, it's like I can point to something. Well, the, the way you phrase it is different, too. Like, I'm anxious as opposed to I have anxiety, I have anxiety. Like, I never say I have anxiety, right. seriously. I'm feeling anxious, there's a difference. This isn't something that I carry all the time, yeah. That's what Lawrence, Lawrence would say that she's like, Oh, this part of town gives me anxiety. I'm like. <laughs> like when you drive, you know, somewhere and it's just confusing. It's like they have anxiety. It's like I don't think you're supposed to say that. <laughs> I'm supposed to say I feel anxious. It's just hate speech. <laughs> it's a little racist. Yeah, just say you have unless it's like the nice part of town and you just say you have anxiety. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's racist against ang- people have anxiety. <laughs> it's appropriation of their yeah mental, mental illness. Yeah, it's like calling some of the the R words. <laughs> I almost said the it. word. I almost <laughs> said it. Uh you're supposed to say it. Is that is that where it's gonna be? It's the A word. You can't say it. You can't say anxiety. No, you, you, because, anxiety. you know why? Because it's a badge of honor. Like you're special. People have to cater to you if you have anxiety. Mm. How so? Because you get to use it to get out of stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I have social anxiety. I don't go to these fun. If you want to cancel plans or you don't want to go to something you're invited to, just oh, I have anxiety. I can't. If you're always late, I'm sorry. I if driving on the highway is so bad. I have anxiety. I hate all those things. I don't use that. <laughs> yeah, but that's because that? you're an adult. <laughs> You have to go places and do things. Like I don't want to. If I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't know there was this like free. Oh, well, it's uh, too late now. No, if you said it, nobody would believe you. <laughs> if I had anxiety, you wouldn't believe I have anxiety. No, I for sure would have. Really? You know what? Because you would say it matter of fact. Like I have anxiety. And I was like, you don't Get off anxiety. my back. <laughs> too defensive. You're hostile about it. I have anxiety. <laughs> I got a flare up. Now, it's in in my experience, most people who say they have anxiety are female. Oh, and I <laughs> we're gonna get non PC for a while. Yeah, and I don't know why that is, but it seems to be true, right? Like, how many men do you know that don't drive? Um, none. Right? How many women do you know that don't drive? Um, one. Right? At least one. <laughs> <laughs> but not because of anxiety, in that person's case. But how many times did? Okay, so like, I don't think. <laughs> There's I, there's tons who I can think of who would never learn how to drive because I just can't get on the highway. Really? Yeah. Who? Really? My wife, for one. 
I've tried to I've tried to put her behind the wheel a couple times. Like it's it's a small street. I don't think she could. No, she could. She gets that that Lauren doesn't like it either. I mean, like you know, I mean I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Like it just sucks, but but there's a difference between I don't like it and I can't do it. But there's there's crippling anxiety. Like there's like panic attack kind of that's something I can't understand either. I've never had a panic attack. I don't that should be the proof. Like if I if they take off a week off work because they have anxiety, I didn't want to see you have a panic attack. <laughs> I need to see you break I down. I see you sweat. Come into the office shake. so I can see you break down, and then you can go home. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have a panic attack, it's, are you... it's, per- it's perfect because you can't prove it. Who's gonna? <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's like okay, if I have a broken leg, I can't come into work because I can't drive. Right. You know, I, broken... I can't walk. I, mean, I can prove that. You know, like here mm-hmm. it is. I can point to the bones to come. You know, but right. with anxiety, and I think it's kind of in with like depression as mm-hmm. well or like kind of i don't know like some of those other ones well those are all i i thought those are all emotions right that now are conditions but aren't emotions as real as you know a bone yeah but they're not as valid as a bone yeah like if you break your leg i'm not gonna be like you know walk it off you break your feelings, <laughs> you hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah then it's like get over hurt your leg which but yeah it's weird man yeah because it's all connected to the brain though and like that stuff can be what you know wired, mis- right? Mis-wired, and, and, but there's know? a difference too. Like people who have mental illnesses don't know they're mentally ill, right? Like if you have schizophrenia, you mm-hmm. don't know you're schizophrenic. You don't take advantage of it. You don't. <laughs> you don't talk about it on social media, dude. There's this lady at uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh-huh. So they're like just working or something, or like writing on you know or reading <laughs> at, 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 at the cafe at right. the table, and. This lady sits down. She's like, oh, she's like, you know, probably 60, 70 something. And she's talking to somebody. I thought she had a Bluetooth on. Okay. It's as if she had a Bluetooth right. on. And, and she's like, she's just sitting there and she's got like kind of sunglasses on. And I think like mm. her caretakers or somebody maybe gave her that. So oh. she's not looking off. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can't tell if she's looking at somebody. Because, <laughs> and she's loud and she's talking to herself. They have conversations, but she listens for a while. Ooh. It's like she's listening for a while and she'll like just respond. She's like, yeah, well, you know, I told him, you know, but and then she, and then she said, you know, I told him, but you know, and you kept he was he's a Polak. <laughs> she kept saying Polak. Yeah, the Polak <laughs> out loud, like screaming it, and people are like looking, like, is she talking to you? Is she talking to somebody? <laughs> and she's just sitting there, and she's like, and she'll have like a magazine too, and she's like, mm-hmm, and just kind of like as if someone's sitting there as, with her, but it's not. She's not looking at anything. She's just kind of like. I, yeah, that's, I, you know, you can't tell him anything. And she's just kind of like looking at a magazine Ooh. and it's like, but loud. And people are kind of like staring at stuff. And man, and she kept saying that. Polak. <laughs> well, yeah, the Polak. Well, Polish people are white, right? You can be racist to them. Right. That one's still pretty safe. <laughs> you, can you, take, you take that. How many Polish people are in San Antonio? Yeah, well, I'm not, I know a couple. <laughs> yeah. I know some of the Krasics and Zinskis. Yeah, Lazinski's. That's a, that's a European name. Whoever. There's a few. There's a. I can't remember so much. It's like smell famous. like smell like beets and borscht. No one listens to this podcast anyway, so <laughs> I can say it. Everyone. Yeah, our, our worship leader lady, she, the girl who does music. Her name is Micaiah Sawyer. <laughs> Saw her. Well, it was her last name was Sa- Sawyer. Okay, that's a cool American right. literary name. Right, right. And she married Lazinski. Now her name is Lazinski. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's a that sounds like a sleazy lawyer. Lazinski. Like you'd see an ad for it on a billboard. 
They're both great. She's great. He's awesome. Awesome. It's just just the name of like, man, Sawyer. That's a cool (laughs) last name. Going from Sawyer to Lazinski. That's a a tough break. That's like uh, one of my friends, uh, their, their last name was Pooler. And they were Filipino on their mom's side. So they were half Asian. They looked super Asian, but they had really American names, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the girl married a Chinese guy, so her last name was Chong. And she was like, I tried so hard to not come off this Asian Chong. And it's hilarious because her name is Chelsea. So she's Chelsea, Chelsea Chong. Chong. Man. <laughs> That's the Seinfeld episode. It's, it's like Don Chang or whatever. It sounds, like, it sounds racist, but it's just your name, right? Like yeah. Charlie Chan. <laughs> Those 20s detective thing. Chong. Yeah. And that's uh I was I was going to high school, her name was Brittany Holder. Her dad's name was Richard. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, Richard Holder. <laughs> Have you seen that that Rogan where Steven Crowder is talking about uh the the town hall they went to and the guy's name was Rex Butts? <laughs> <laughs> His real name? Rex Butts, doctor. <laughs> Dr. Rex Butts. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Rex Butts. Oh yeah. That'll give you anxiety. <laughs> if you had to introduce if Rex Butts doesn't have anxiety and you do. Well imagine imagine you go to his office and like, yeah, Dr. Butts will see you now. Dr. Butts. <laughs> like, cool. Hold on to your butt. <laughs> you gotta be a proctor. It'd be worse right? if he's like, well, you can call me Rex. <laughs> like, what? Dr. Rex. Oh, no. Definitely not doing that. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, anxiety. Are we just talking about weak people here? Are we talking about like I don't soy boys? <laughs> Can't hack it. I don't know if it's weak. It's almost like uh, it, it's almost like we we're we're so. Everything is so good that we can't handle the slightest inconvenience anymore. I don't think it's weakness. I think it's just, yeah, softness, but by circumstance, not by character. So it's not their fault. In a way. I mean, it's like, it's like when, uh, (laughs) it's like if you were, if you were like an upper crusty rich kid and you had to build, build a desk, like you can't buy it. You got to build it. Yeah. And then we give you all the tools and everything you need. You don't know how to use any of that stuff. Right. But now we're talking about me. (laughs) <laughs> Hypothetically, I, you call me soft. I imagine you could build a desk if you had to. If I if I had to, you, it I wouldn't mean, be you, great. But you understand could, how a drill works? Yeah, I could put it. Measure. I could probably put it together. It wouldn't be great, but, right? Uh, I could probably get it done. But this is like you had somebody the tools, they just don't know how to use them. Yeah, that's well. So, and the the reason I think the the only reason it creeps in my mind that this is kind of fake, or mm-hmm. that this is an artificial sort of circum like said, circumstantial disease out there is that we when we look in the past we don't seem to see so many people with anxiety right and these sort of emotional problems in a time when you would think you would right like this is the most comfortable time we've ever had in history right and everybody's anxious or depressed or something right but is it is this always a priorities thing or like but does that make it fake though is that what i'm saying so like it's not fake but does that make it uh, circumstantial or kind of in your head or avoidable or whatever the bad words we want to use, <laughs> you know, like the, that we, you get in trouble for saying or accusing or whatever. Avoidable, I think for sure. So in that, and in, in the problem is like, I don't know if I've ever met anybody or known anybody really like 
and I don't know a lot of people like suffer from anxiety right. really. Uh, but the ones I have, I can see sort of a worldview mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Right. Because I see other people who don't have that worldview, who I would say maybe do struggle with some, some anxiety and some tension like that, but handle it way differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so in, in a much better way, much mature, like capable way than the, these other people with a different worldview. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, okay, I'm seeing a, maybe a correlation here, but I don't know if that's always like, you know, like it's just a different sort of the per- person's personality, mm-hmm. person's worldview, the person's uh, just other things they say. I definitely see like, okay, well that person has, that's the person who says they have anxiety. And then this other person with like a different sort of characteristics doesn't have anxiety or maybe he's dealing with it differently or something. But right. I don't know. So that's, that's the only thing that makes me think mm-hmm. because I, I tend to see other sort of narcissistic kind of right. like, you know, entitled kind of attitudes that tend to go along with anxiety. I'm not saying that. everything. Yeah. It's right, personal. Right, right. What people I've known. Right. That, that, that skewed it in my head mm-hmm. of, of this view of, of, of real anxiety. And I think maybe it absolves you of fault if things don't work out. Right. It, it kind of goes with that victim mentality too, right? Like anxiety, anxiety mentality, victim mentality, depression mentality. There's a lot of reasons why you can't do whatever or why yeah. you can't deal with whatever or why such and such situation didn't work out, why your relationships don't work, why you can't keep a job, why all this stuff. Yeah. It's easy to pin it on any of those things and say, well, this is why. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm not the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's the victim in sort of like entitled of like, well, why are all the bad things happening to me? Right. And it's like, well, why, <laughs> who are you? That's a good question. I don't know. Why are all the bad things happening to you? <laughs> well, why shouldn't they? Right. I mean, it kind of is the thing of just like bad things happen to me too. But there's always bad, there's always a worse situation out there. Because in that person's head, it's like, well, of course they happen to you, but I'm great. <laughs> Why would they happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, so what? So that that's kind of when when I think of anxiety, that's what I think of is kind of like I could probably name three other characteristics that that mm. person also has and be correct. You know what I mean? Right. And so it tends to go along with a certain. Uh, worldview in a certain um what's the word i'm looking for not characteristics but like uh demeanor or a certain mm-hmm. kind of uh temperament yes yeah it it, it tends to go along with that yeah. so that's what i think when i hear about anxiety in the real sense you know i think there's a lot of people that wouldn't say they have anxiety too but you can see like the constant warriors yeah like it's, it's it's different maybe they don't take advantage of it but there is a sense of like always needing to be on top of something, whether it's like they're a hypochondriac and they always think they're sick or they're yeah. always going to get, especially now yeah, they're always going to get sick or what if we don't have the money for it? Or yeah. there's a sense of like an awareness that the future is out of their hands, but an inability to cope with that. Right. So before all that, before like in COVID, like with COVID and everything was going on and the height of it, of, right. of the craziness uh, and fear and like, we don't have a vaccine. We don't have, we don't know what to do. We don't know how bad this is going to get, you know? Um, it was kind of the end of that. It was so in, in February, 2021, I got COVID and was put in the hospital mm-hmm. and I was very, and still am. And again, it, it very like, you know, 
live your life. Right. That we can't just stop the world in its tracks because of this. And like, we have to figure something out. We can be smarter mm-hmm. about this. It's not just live in fear every, all the time. Masks kind of don't work as they're actually admitting right. now. <laughs> and so, it, so, but then I get COVID in the hospital. So then it's like, okay, well, I'm the idiot. Look at the egg on my face, you know? And so there was a definite possibility of me changing my worldview and outlook on that based on my mm-hmm. own personal circumstances. Right. Right. But I didn't. And, and people probably think I'm very stupid for that. Right. But <laughs> the truth doesn't change based mm-hmm. on my own personal situation. And I think the world doesn't understand that. If we shape our own truth mm-hmm. by your lived experience or whatever, yes. then your truth changes. Constantly. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's literally how people think truth works and facts and reason and understanding in like real situation, like reality works is mm. it changes when you change and it doesn't. The, the, the statistic still stands. Right. Someone in the thirties, you know, in, in not a smoker, not, you know, whatever is, should be okay. Right. And all my other friends got this and breezed through it. And my boring got you know, you got it. Right. And, I was put in the hospital. So it's like, okay, well, the, you know, this is a roll of the dice sort of situation, right. how it hits people. And that's, that's the truth. And, but the statistic is overwhelmingly that I should have been okay. And so I can't change that because of, I wasn't right. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it's like, that. that's what I, that's, that's the sort of thing. So it's like, well, someone, you know, I got struck by lightning or I was, <laughs> or I was in a car accident. So I'm never going to get in a car again. Right. That's, that's what I mean of like, you know, I'm driving, whatever the odds are, whatever the statistics, I got into a bad car accident and now I'm never going to drive again. Is that right. rational? No, absolutely not. And so that's my situation with my COVID right. experience. And so it's like, but pe- but people think that you should never, you should, be, should wear five masks and get the vaccine and live in fear because you were putting hot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they, people won't understand how I don't change reality based on my own cer- mm. specific circumstances. And so, but I'm not, I can't. And so, but people do. And I think that I think has a huge thing of anxiety because Mm. bad things do happen to you and you think, well, that's how things will always be. Mm. You know, if I am in that car accident, you know, or if my aunt died in a plane crash, then I can't, you know what I mean? Like we have these personal experiences that that affect us. And then that's, that's reality now. Mm. So reality and truth are shaped by my lived experience. And And if you've had a bad lived experience, Hey, you right. might have some reason for anxiety. <laughs> I mean, that is modern thinking too, right? Like everything is, we need to listen to these voices because they know better, their perspective. You can't know something that you haven't experienced is the way that we think of things now. Right. So if you haven't, if you haven't been poor, you don't understand how to solve poverty. If you haven't, if you haven't, uh, right. If you You're not black. Right. You don't I'll say it. <laughs> you can't solve race relations. You can, you can literally never understand mm-hmm. the, the, problems that a black person goes through right and you're guilty of that forever (laughs) (laughs) well you literally are racist by proxy of existing yes there's no way and you can never be a victim of racism right this is not possible because we've changed what racism means yes we've changed what everything means (laughs) yeah um yeah so i mean i think in, in that sort of situation where someone's lived experience shapes reality around them and they've had some bad lived experiences then yes, you think reality is out to, you know, the world is crumbling around you. And when that's actually not true. And so right. is, is that where this comes from? I mean, I think that's, 
my, maybe where a lot of this comes from because it's the people that don't have that view of truth mm -hmm. in reality that I see not dealing with anxiety as much. Well, it, I mean, it, I think if you ask most people to define their their worldview, they couldn't. Yeah. So that's it, it's not so much that like they have this perspective and these people have this perspective. It's these people have well, this perspective and these people have no perspective. And when so, it, something so if, hits them and they're caught yeah. completely off guard. So if I asked you to define your worldview, what would you It would be a, a biblical worldview. Right. And so because we have an anchor we have something right. solid but to that to those type of people whose lived experiences shapes reality around them they don't their worldview is constantly changing right they're just grasping for yeah whatever and so they can't define it because it's right. constantly <laughs> moving and changing <laughs> well today it's you know i'm having a good day so right right <laughs> it's my worldview things are okay yeah and it's it funny talking about anxiety today because um i applied for a position uh it's kind of the same job, but like just a more solid, uh, more uh, concrete position with my company. And uh, it's been two weeks as of today, and I haven't heard anything. Now, somebody else I knew said that it took two weeks for them to call her back, and she got the job. So I'm not like, okay, well, that's that seems normal, I guess. But they didn't call me today, and it's like, but they didn't email me either way. So they they said <laughs> we will we will let you know either way right, right. if you got the job or you didn't get the job. And it's been 14 days and I've not heard anything good or bad. Right. And so I'm choosing to kind of say, you see good news is no, you know, no, no news, news is good news right. kind of thing. So I don't know, but so, but I'm, I am very like, I, right now I would say I'm anxious mm -hmm. or I have anxiety a little bit of like, when is my phone going to ring? Mm -hmm. is it, I thought it might be today, Friday, perfect two weeks from the Friday interview, you know, no phone call today. And so it's like, but no email rejection letter either. Right. So it's like, so you don't know. You really I don't know. know. And it's, and that's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> it's that uncertainty of, of not knowing. And that is causing me this temporary mm -hmm. state of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So maybe some people who have a life of unknown, right. Of uncertainty. Or everything is uncertain. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is certain <laughs> at all. Uh, except for death and taxes, right? And so that caused you anxiety your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. We were going through Ecclesiastes at church, and uh, I, I got to the part where in chapter two, the the author talks about how he he decided to plunge himself into wisdom, and he learned that wisdom is better than being foolish, in the same way that light is better than darkness when you're trying to find your way around. So he was like, wisdom is a better guide. But in being wise, he realized that he was going to die just like everybody else. And it didn't make a whole lot of difference how he lived his life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this uh, black grace is a way I've heard it determined, uh, said before. We're black? Like, yeah, black grace. Because you, you see the <laughs> – black is in the opposite of like uh, – I'm, I'm, uh -oh. I'm in a corner. Uh -oh. Someone get me out of here. <laughs> but it's the idea that you see the goodness of God by seeing what it looks like with the absence of God. Oh, okay. So the, in the void, right? The void, of, the void, yeah. of, the void yeah. of God. Then yes, we all die. We all go to dust, and none of it makes any difference. Okay. So I think in COVID land, <laughs> this was the first time anybody had to face their mortality, and that truth hit them that well, we're all going to die, and they their brain fried like they didn't know how to deal with that fact because they've never thought about it before. That's weird. You think they think about it all the time. No, I don't I don't think anybody's ever put any thought in that. I don't think people think they're gonna die ever. Like I don't wake up thinking today I could die. <laughs> I, I know either. at some point, but I think yeah. some people just don't even have that in their mind ever. Yeah. Uh 
you know, I was talking to one friend about how we're so far removed from death at this point where it's clinical and it's over there. And as soon as I remember my grandfather died, he died at home, but as soon as he died, they made two phone calls and the funeral home was there in five minutes to take the body, clean him up. Like you didn't have to see, touch, do anything. Mm -hmm. And the next time you see him, he's clean and pristine in Mm -hmm. the casket and everything's like pure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a hundred years ago, you almost guaranteed yeah. to have someone in your immediate family right. dead. And probably in the house with you. <laughs> <laughs> like a brother or someone, yeah. you know, like, cause like you had 10 kids and like, right. them didn't make, you know, yeah. Death was definitely a lot more like just around you more. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have that really anymore. I mean, and I would say it's a good thing, but you know, it, it made us softer to it or something. Yeah. Cause I, we don't see it. We don't think about it. And we don't want to, which I understand. What about TV? We kill, people get killed on television. All yeah, time. but that doesn't feel real. CSI. Yeah, but you you never think it's gonna happen <laughs> so, to you, right? It's that's a, it's, true. Not, it's fantasy. Like it's, that's not real. Yeah, I mean, I know. I remember when like you know, what much Pulp Fiction or right. like any sort of all these rated R violent crazy movies and stuff, and it's like they're desensitized video games mm-hmm. and you know, uh, we're desensitized or desensitized. And I actually I saw my dad. We, get his thumb stitched up and I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't think I'm your sense. It's a lot different than when it's real. Yeah. When it's real. So we see this stylized violence on, on TV and movies mm-hmm. and it's almost like cartoonish. It's like, right. Well, that's not what, you know, it really looks like or any sort of gore or anything like it looks like. So yeah, it's definitely different. You see it in real life or something. Uh, not that I have experience, but yeah. But I think just along with the death, it just everything. Like people lost their jobs they weren't counting on. Yeah. The economy crashed. People lost their yeah. money they weren't counting on. Like money's a big one. Yeah. Money's a huge oh, one. Money's probably the biggest anxiety. Yeah, I'd take more than death. I think that's the number one cause of most marriage problems. Yeah. Finances. I've been I've never been dead. I've been broke. <laughs> <laughs> I know I what that feels that like. sucks. <laughs> I've never died. I don't know what that's like. But I've been without It's almost mo- better. You're gonna have to be die. <laughs> been without money. That really sucks. Yeah, that's a big one, dude. Like just the, just uh money. Um is that idolatry though? I don't know if there's if it's if I call it idolatry. Is it sin to have anxiety? That's a good question, and that's something I struggle with because you know the biblical command is be anxious for nothing yeah it, it just says it like it doesn't make qualifications it doesn't yeah. make like well you know sometimes it's okay but try not to it just says be anxious for nothing yeah because we have the same with emotions and things right or even like coveting that's a very natural right right and so it's to say like well anxiety is a natural occurrence well so is a lust and covering right. a lot of things that are i've never understood where we got this idea that something because something's natural that makes it okay right well that's what i'm uh, saying is like your feelings are real but that doesn't make them valid right so you can have you can really be anxious but that doesn't mean it's okay right and so is this it's a sin i would lean on yes if i'm being honest that's where i land so is it a sin to have cancer no it's the same thing (laughs) how dare you (laughs) yeah i'm a i'm a well i don't know i'm ableist anti-mental anxiety yeah no but i mean i can't i can't you have diabetes how dare you (laughs) and you know what it's my own fault (laughs) 
He's sinning. I have the other kind, not the one you get from getting fat. Not the one you earn. Yeah, not the one you earn. I didn't even earn mine. That's <laughs> a privilege. Just the earned one. <laughs> fat Americans. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can't rationalize another way looking at the Bible when it just don't worry. Don't cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Uh, tomorrow has its own worries. Or today has suffice. What is the word Jesus says? Therefore, I tell you, well, Matthew 6, yes. 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, mm. what you'll eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you put, you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Mm. I don't think a lot of people think so. Yeah. No, I agree with you. A lot of people, a lot of people don't see life as beyond the material right. things. And so if they don't have that, then your life is over. <laughs> right. Then it's nothing. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mm. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So how do we turn that, which is beautiful, how do we turn that into not just some Christian thing we say? <laughs> well, it, <laughs> like, the, how, how can I add that to, because I do worry about feeding my kids. Right. And getting this job. Right. I mean, if I get this job, that's going to be, a big change. It's going to mm -hmm. be a step up and it's going to be a big game changer. And so I'm worried about if I don't get it. Mm. I mean, I think I will eventually just because the track I'm on right now. Right, right. But I'm just saying like, if at all, it's like, okay, I don't get this. Or if I lose my job, then it's like, okay, then what? You know? And so we're supposed to work, we're supposed to provide for our right, family. Right. And so I can't do that. That's going to, especially as a man, cause anxiety, mm. you know? And so how do we apply this? In that very natural thinking, fears of losing a job or worrying about what I'm going to wear, or you know, clothe my kids and feed my kids and family and and all those things. Well, the the perspective I think is what Jesus points out is he's not saying not to worry, just to not worry, right? Not to worry because your heavenly Father knows all these things and provides them for you. Mm -hmm. And I think when we take that step of if I don't do this, this, if I don't do because there is that you know. Uh, whoever does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever, right? Like this. So you have to work. You have right. to provide for your family. That's righteous and good. But there's a sense where it becomes a self-idolatry of I am keeping this going. Everyone is dependent on me. I am the force that makes this go. And the perspective that Jesus is putting out is like, no, your heavenly father is the one yeah. who's keeping you going and who makes this go. I think if we lose that perspective, we want to switch ourselves for God. And yeah. that's where the anxiety comes from. Because God can handle everything. Right. But you can't. So when you put yourself in that role, naturally, you're going to have that anxiety and fear of like, I can't handle this. Like, yeah, of course you can't. Right. You weren't meant to. So if I read my Bible every day <laughs> and I pray and I go to church, I don't cuss and I pay my bills and I am a good person. Well, I always have a roof over my head and food and things provided for me. No, but. You will always be exactly where God wants you to be. And that's a different thing. Mm. That's something that I think a lot of Christians are not okay with. Yeah. 
Well, it's hard when he puts it in terms of material provision. Yes. And so that, you know, how, how are we not to take that as like, well, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to me. Mm-hmm. And I can live my best life now. <laughs> you know, how's that not slip into that kind of prosperity gospel of like, if you're doing right, then you're going to get blessed. Oh, and I, gonna, it's it's the, the reading in a vacuum. With material right? things. Right. Well, it's reading in a vacuum as opposed to like later where he'll say in John, if the world hates you, it's because it hated me first. Or, yeah. You know, like we have to take this as a whole and not just this piece and say, this is the part I hold on to. Yeah. And I think it's those, it, it, it's it's the clothing and the food and everything that show that God is God. Mm-hmm. And if, and if it's not that, then, then, then it's not, you, you don't need it, mm-hmm. I guess is the thing. So if, if your clothing and your food and your material provisions don't point to God's glory, mm-hmm. then that's why you don't have them. Or that's why, you know what I mean? Or if you, idol, right, if you right. idolize them, yes. they'll take away that idol. Yes. Even if it's clothing and food right. and a job. So you it's know like, what? A lot of okay. us don't think of things in that category, though. Yeah, we don't think of jobs or clothes or food as idols, right? Which I mean, they are right. right? They, well, they can, can be, be. Yeah, anything can be any created thing. We're either going to worship the creator or the created thing, right? And clothing, and food, and, and mm. material provisions are created things, and so yeah, if we idolize those things, in that, and that's been my prayer, like with this job, is uh, have like having to keep myself in check of like God, please let me get this job. Um, but if not, mm. let my hope and faith be in you yes. and not in a job. And I do you provide, you always have before this job, you will after this job, you will, if I don't have a, you know, and so it's like, I, I, I don't want to put my hope and faith in this job or in money or in anything like that, mm-hmm. even though that's what, you know, pays for the material things. Right, right. So, but it's not, I don't want to put my hope and faith in that thing because then that is idolatry, but I do want that thing. And so this it's this weird line we have to walk of like, it's okay to have a job and good to have a job. It's okay to feed your kids and have food and clothes and a house, but it's you can't it can't you can't be living for those things and have put your hope and faith in those things. Yes, because then that's when God's gonna take it away, <laughs> you know. And so like and so like you can't you know you're gonna you're gonna melt your idols as soon as you can't live without it. That's when you're not gonna have. It. Right. And so, but it's just so hard, especially when you've always lived with it. Mm-hmm. You've always had, right. you know, especially in America, a right, lot of right. us just have these kind of material comfort, you know, uh, very privileged lives uh, compared to the rest of the world that it's just becomes a right. Like, well, I deserve right. this. Well, of course I did. I have a job. Of course, I work. I pay my bills. Why is this happening to me? Well, of course I'm going to do it, you know. And so, but of course, then that makes you the God. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, I did everything, you know. For um, high glory. Yeah, exactly. And so, what do you think about you know when we talk about not having or not providing of the role of like the church to make sure that doesn't happen to somebody? Um, I mean, I think it should. We sure should, right? What do you mean? Like, do you think there's a sense in which we should or can have a mentality of like? Well, I fall on hard times if whatever, not, not, let's not say, you know, I quit my job and I just don't want to work or anything like that. Something mm-hmm. goes wrong, something catastrophic we didn't see happening. Our car just dies. Mm-hmm. We get laid off, something like that. Having the security of being able to say, like, well, our church will be there. Yeah. I mean, I think we've definitely experienced that, you know, like just any time with just like sickness or mm. um, just situations or even like when you have a baby or something, they'll make us food that food right, right. automatically start a meal train right you know 
when some something happens, tragedy or, or anything like that happens. Um, there's definitely that. And uh, I mean, it depends on the need and it depends on, right, right. you know, like, I guess what it is and that we should be smart and wise about those things. Right. So it's not just like, because there's definitely a tendency to be just like, just to buy people's devotion sort of, mm-hmm. I guess, and that's it, like what the government does. Right. <laughs> it's just well, that's something and, I've noticed with anxiety too, especially when people start to get older and it becomes that idea of like, there's no social safety net. There's nobody to count on. No one's going to help me. No one's going to, I don't have anyone to turn to if something should go wrong. Well, whose job is that? Well, in, in my head, right, if if your parents are old and falling apart, that's when your kids come in and take care of you. Right. But nobody has kids. <laughs> right. I think about that with, like, some people I know. It's like, well, I'm never having kids. Right. And it's like, who's going to take care of you? Mm. And that's, I don't think they think about it. I think they really think, like, well, just the state. Yeah, I'll get um, a check. Yeah, but the, everyone right now is being on the state, you know, is miserable. Like, yeah. it's a horrible. <laughs> you put some, like, public home or something. So you die, like that's the plan when you're super old. Yeah, that's. I mean, because I don't think they have the perspective to think about being super old. Yeah, I mean, because I think that's another thing. Too. I think about People that are, a lot. I think about being old all the time. Well, I mean, you grew up around grandparents, right? <laughs> yeah, my like grandparents are super young. So uh, well, they're like another right. set of parents. Yeah, almost. I mean, I've my, seen mine deteriorate as time goes. Parents, they were my parents have had me when they were nineteen. Yeah, see, my mom was eighteen when I was born. <laughs> yeah. So my parents were their my grandparents were in their forties. Yeah, I don't I've seen them deteriorate over time yeah and like i see that and i think man that's gonna be me one day yeah and i think maybe a lot of people don't see that either like how many people spend time with their grandparents or their older relatives or yeah that's true there, there's all they're usually super old but i i think of it like uh i see my grandparents and i see that they they're not being taken care of by their kids necessarily some are mm-hmm. a little bit but they have retirement. They have like they've kind of they worked, right, you right. know, all the time, and so they're very comfortable. They're traveling. They're doing the old people thing, it's a good life. and it's like okay, that's great, you know. Right. And so, and they have Christmas with all the kids and grandkids right. and great great grandkids and all the stuff. And it's like, how would you? I, I can't. I can't understand how that's not a value anymore. People don't mm. value like a legacy, and like because I, I remember like being at Christmas and seeing, looking at my grandfather and looking at every single person in this huge room. Mm-hmm. Or at this house, or wherever you're, all these people are here because of you, you know, right? And because of God, of course, right? right. But I'm just saying, like, you procreated and had this, like, <laughs> this is all here. This is the life you built, right? And they they grew up and got married, had kids, and that, you know, and it's like, man, that that sort of like, you know, patriarch. Mm. I know it's the bad word, <laughs> but like of a family, you know what I mean? Right. And it's just like that is people don't have people don't see that of any value. Mm. As of any value these days, and it's like, holy crap! Like that's because I, I think it goes back to the material, right? Like if when they think of something to show, they think of but even, material. But that's the atheist answer for more eternal life, whatever. Is you live on in the memory of your descendants, and you want to leave a legacy because you aren't going to live forever. Mm. And so there's even more of that in the materialist atheist view of like. You live on in the memory, and that's your eternity, and that's you know. Yeah, but I think they say those things and don't believe them. I think atheists have atheists have as many platitudes as Christians do, where we just say stuff that we don't always believe. I think they believe that. I don't know if they do. I, I, I honestly don't because it, I can't. I don't think they'll. they'll they, they, I don't think they mean it in a literal sense, but I think right. But I, I can't rationalize a worldview that says your children are your future heritage, uh, legacy, and inheritance, but also you should be able to kill them on demand. Yeah. Like the two things he made. Well, okay. So a lot of a lot of like sort of 
atheist materialists today will say those things for well they'll say you should have the right to kill all your children before they're born right you should i'll never <laughs> i will never have an abortion right but i i want that freedom that for always you. that's a big one with a lot of sort of you know uh atheists leftist materialist marxist mentality well, it like, always confuses me when i see women with children at abortion protests right like you know, advocating for the right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's wanting to fall on the right side of history, but not for me. And that's right. why like, a lot of these celebrities are getting married. Like you look at a lot mm. of celebrities, they get married, have very traditional lives. They they don't have a lot of abortions. They don't do any of these things that, that they, they promote for. that they fight for or promoting, because it's like, well, you can do that. I won't. <laughs> I, I won't send my kids to public school. Right, right. But you, but we all definitely should have public school. Mm. But no rich celebrity is putting their kid in these ghetto public schools, <laughs> and it's like, but they're, but they're, but they're the best thing in America. Right. <laughs> okay, you first, <laughs> you know, and that like none of these political elites either want to put their kids in public school. Mm-hmm. They're all in pro- private schools. They're all in the better schools, and but but they'll rant up and down about public schools are the best thing and they're so important for you, not for me. Right. I, you know, we have money. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> but for you, you definitely should have public school. Mm. And that's just a weird, like, thing. Uh, somebody called it, like, luxury beliefs or luxury yeah. luxury uh, principles or something. I can see that. Like, somebody, had, somebody was on it with Barry Weiss talking about it. And he had this. He wrote, it's for a book or something about, like, about that, about the idea of uh, luxury beliefs. Mm. It's like, well, yeah, you, you, you're not going to ever face this. Like, defund the cops. <laughs> yeah. Like, LeBron James is fine with defunding the cops. <laughs> Because he's got his own personal security team. Yeah. You know what I mean? That will not affect his life at all. Defund the cops. You know, he's got a gated community. That's right. all That's all these people who shout all these things. is. And so there's, that is a luxury belief that you can have. But, you know, someone in, in the ghetto, I want some cops around me sometimes. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah, it's definitely. So I think in that way, they will say that and mean it. But also, they'll say abortion. They'll say you just live for yourself mm-hmm. or whatever, and then not really do those so you things. you think that's the thing that they don't actually believe? I think that's the thing they don't actually believe. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, I think. And then the ones who do are like, yeah, that's right. I'm well, not I think, bad. I think the death of like family legacy has a part to do with feminism too. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the the quotes from uh, some of the first wave feminists, like the, the – the, uh, mentor of susan b anthony was about not being able to give up her life to become a man's housekeeper yeah like that's the position she saw marriage as and yeah children yeah i mean yeah it's weird because there's so much nuance to that because there are there was abuse men weren't right weren't men weren't being men i think to a great extent they were getting drunk they were just not they were abusing the family beating the wives and kids and so you have an entire culture of that i could see them just adopting a different world <laughs> then, you know what i mean because uh-huh. it's like because this sucks and i think for a lot of people it did suck but again it personal mm. circumstances don't change the reality right and truth of, of 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 the world and so but they but they constantly just like well i'm in this loveless marriage so now i'm going to change my view on divorce but you know i mean, mean do you think where that kind of hits me is weird like do you think that was any different in biblical times no when Paul was saying things to wives and husbands, like who are probably in the same situation of loveless marriages and like, he didn't give them yeah. a caveat right. for that. It, yeah. The truth's the truth. Right. Yeah. 
But, you know, I could definitely see why. It doesn't make it right. Like you said, you have the – it's, it's – what you say? It's, you have, it's real. It's real. It's not, it's not valid. valid right? right. That's true. Like your situation sucks, but that doesn't change the truth of divorce. Right. It doesn't right. change the truth of, of anything, all these other things. So, yeah, no, I don't think – I mean, it's – but I could see why. You know, and but we have the thing we have to resist is changing the truth and reality based on our own personal circumstances. Right. And I think there's a difference of remedies too. like for for that kind of thinking. The remedy was, well, we just need to get rid of marriage mm-hmm. when in reality, the remedy is the gospel. Right. That's what changes mar- people, which changes marriages, which changes families. All yeah. That. Which that is the ultimate goal of like kind of the Marxist mentality is to change what humans are. Right. Well, that's what that's the Christian. Yes. Does. That's mm-hmm. what Christianity does. What God does. That's what the gospel does. You know, um, regeneration, right? right? That's what everybody, and we have this sort of want for that. You know, the creation groans for it. Mm, so right, it's right. like we we know this truth, or because we're creating the image of God, but it gets distorted, and so regeneration gets distorted into some Marxist utopia mm. or something. Right. When, when really it's the gospel. Which is funny because the new world is also what we're looking forward to, right? Everything be made new. I'm, I'm telling you, like we, the goal <laughs> is the same pretty much, but just different. The method is completely different. Yeah. So I want to look at this a little bit because uh, this is true too, I think, and it's something that we don't think about, but maybe in the social media world more than ever, uh, society and comparing ourselves to others seems to be what gives us anxiety. Mm. In social media... Like in a world where you can see everybody's best life on your phone, yeah. that has to be yeah. horrifying. But who doesn't know that that's fake? I don't think it matters. I, 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 whenever I see somebody, like someone's family pictures, right. I look right next to my family pictures <laughs> and know what a stressful day that was. I'm yelling at the kids. You know what I mean? And I don't right. think I'm much different than a lot of other human beings. Right. No, right. So I'm thinking this is as fake as my posts are. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so but we lived in the world before social media. I don't think it's what I think. It. I don't think it's uh, I've got to live up to what I see on social media. Mm-hmm. It's I can't let anybody see the real mm. me. Yes. I think that's where the anxiety comes from okay. is the mask, is mm. the putting up. And, and social media provides for that. Right. You can put your profile. You can put your you know, thing and in, in hope never, oh, no one ever sees the real thing. Mm. And that's a big, that's been a big thing for me my whole life of the fear of being found out is mm. greater than, uh, it causes me not to want to hide things because it's like if you're bald, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like, oh, the only thing worse than being bald is wearing a toupee. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> Right. So if I'm bald, I'm just gonna lean into it and be like, because the only thing worse is wearing a toupee. Right. Is being insecure about it and being like, you've got to like just own it. And it's not like everybody doesn't know. Right. That's the thing. You're not fooling anyone. And that's what it is. I don't think I can fool anyone. Mm. I think, and this is how I was I, when I was a kid. I, I always thought I would get. I can't get away with anything. I'll get caught. <laughs> I never thought they won't find out. They'll, they'll never know. I, you know, I've never snuck out because I thought my mom's going to just come to my room. And like, <laughs> See, you're not gone. There. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause that's an extremely easy possibility. And, and it's like, so like I had a friend like come to my window, like, Hey man, I'm going party. And I'm like, you're in your mind. I'm not leaving my room. <laughs> Don't even say party. Right. Get, like, out of get, here. Here. get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> it's great. I never thought I'd get away with anything. So then it's like, and maybe, you know, I guess more people are more confident or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or something, but 
I guess that that happens sometimes. I think I I, w- I would think I'd probably get caught, but it's worth it, right? You know, but I think I'll get caught. Right. I never thought I'd get away with anything, <laughs> and so if I were to pay, I wouldn't get away. People will know, but I think people think they won't know, and and so they're, but they're in this constant anxiety of trying to put on a different face and hide the real them. And that's what's weird too when you think about celebrities and like reality tv like we want everyone to see everything about us all the time but we want it to be the the fake stuff that we put out there what do you think about this uh hot mess mentality of like things are crazy and we're wild (laughs) and it's you know and then so like they'll post the pictures of them with I think, like uh, in in the mess or in and it's almost like indulge in this yeah, like it's d- chaotic life. I think it's just as fake as the other. Right. One. It's, it's I think so too. Equally fake. It's just another persona to be relatable. Right. It's like the the girl in every movie who's like the main the main love interest or whatever. How she's like so quirky and she sings yeah. songs and wears rainbow. Like that would be so annoying. Yeah. In real life. Yeah, it's just another. It's another but, facade. But I think that's the annoying person in the movie too, though. Yeah, no, they are. But, but <laughs> well, I mean, so like the perfect, you know, remember like Step Brothers, the perfect brother and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that sucks. But that's the that's the uh, life everybody's trying to put on. Right, right. <laughs> singing in the car together, you know. But but it's understood that's fake. That's not right. real. These that person is they're they're the bad guys. And so it's like, but it's just weird. The social media thing is like that's what we're trying to project out there. And everyone knows mm. it's fake. And so I don't think it is that, like, well, I got to keep up with the Joneses. Because mm. I know they're just screwed up as I am. And But I'm trying to hide as much mess as I can on social media. And then we start believing our own lies or something. Start believing our own hype or whatever. Because then it's like, well, I can pull one over on everybody. And nobody will, will know what the real mess I'm mm. living in. That's know? the same of being Johnny Depp. Yeah. Start to turn into a character if you play one for so long. <laughs> And wear fifty arm braids. Yeah, you always stuff. have braids, even though you're fifty. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of people that Maggie watches on YouTube that there's one girl in particular I can't stand her because she's that to a T. Like, oh, we're the hot mess family. Well, I, I can't. Just stand. like wild. Yes, you know, all crazy. of that. Always loud. All, I I tell her I tell her all the time. Like, if I was her husband, I would tell her to shut oh, up. Oh yeah. For five minutes. Yeah. I'm crazy. You know. Oh, no. I hate it. Let's get pizza on the first. You know, right. like, you know it's like those <laughs> yes. stupid. Like it's like okay. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Nobody I mean, wants it, that. It, it's it's okay for a second. You know, it's like all right, you're being honest. But then it's just like, all right, it's not cute anymore. All right, <laughs> brush, brush your hair a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just kind of. Well, because like, at some point it is like, oh, you're like this all the time. Yeah, like you never turn it off. Thing, dude. Right? It's that the same. Kind of, it's the other way. It is, but behind that, like keep, trying to keep up disappearances is the anxiety I think of, mm. that everybody's facing is because it's because we're trying to compensate for deficiencies that we see and stuff, and you know try to atone for our own. Yeah, <laughs> it's the big leaves. Yes, <laughs> it's the big leaves. All and that yeah. really irritates me at church. At church is where it bugs me the most, where everybody's got the the facade of doing okay. Yeah, that because. You would think church is like the one place where you're supposed to be able to be like real. Because we all get it. We all yeah. know we're sinners and broken and corrupted and whatever. Right. But nobody wants to be the one to be like, well, yeah, me especially. Here's mine. Yeah, but then that can get crazy too. Because yeah, then true. Because then it's just like someone someone overshares <laughs> at like a public right. prayer. Thing, and it's just like, oh, my God. Like <laughs> this isn't like your counseling time. You know what I mean? Oof. Like save this for the therapist a little bit. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like – 
there's there's that way too. Yeah. There's the super fake, everything's fine, mm-hmm. and then there's the. But that I mean, I'm, that's I'm horrible. No one's ever had it as bad as me. Yeah, that's super fake too, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like uh, it's all attention seeking. <laughs> so how do we balance this? Of like, we're trying to express ourselves. Of like, you know, I don't want to just when a stranger asks me, "How's it going?" You don't want to be at the gas station like. Yeah. <laughs> well, my kids are psychotic. My, right. My wife never right. does anything yet. Because then it's like, like, you shouldn't do that. Right. But even though, even if it's true. Right. Well, one of the things. <laughs> Not to that person. <laughs> or to anyone, really. Because if a close confidant at church says, how's it going? It might, you know, it's like, hey, you know, actually. Can we Not talk? great. Yeah. Well, what you should say if you really want to get some stuff off is like, actually, not great. Can we talk sometime? Right. That's what you say. Right. I'm not going to unload it here in the lobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right before lunch. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Gotta it's get a like, table. Can we set up some time to talk? You know, thanks right. for asking. You know, mm. not great, but can we set? I think that's the the composed, uh, dignified sort of way. Well, it's not, like, not even just that. It's the most honest because you're, you're acknowledging that we're setting aside a time where I'm not going to have my facade up. Right. And that's real. That's that's honest, because we all have. We're, there's general civility of just being in the world, and not just airing all my dirty laundry to every stranger that comes by. Right. You know, because that's terrible. Right. But it doesn't mean to hide everything either. It's a it's a time and place <laughs> for everything. Uh, yeah, it is that like, well, hey, like, can we eat coffee sometime? And then you do set that up, you follow through, and then well, you have that time. How much of that do you think is lost in people not having close relationships? A lot, because they don't. Because there's no one to say, hey, well, can we? Yeah, because well, the only way to put it is a Facebook post. Well, I'm yes. going to put it all out there, you know, because that's my community, and that's normal talk, but that's not. And so but, so no one ever gets together with a, with a wise, you know, confidant mm-hmm. of somebody and, and gets coffee and just talks about things and shares and, and prays for each other and has real encouragement and points each other to the word. You know, it's just all public, public right. out there. I think that's why people don't journal anymore. Because no one can see it? Because no one can see it. <laughs> it's like, why would I tell my, my whole crappy day if no one can pity me for it? Mm. You know, and so that's you, big. you're writing a journal. And so I think, <laughs> I think we do it just on social media now. Right. And so then it's like, well, now everybody has my journal. Yeah, so I just, and they're gonna just because I'm a reality show, I want to be the drama, dramatic reality show, mm. and uh, Facebook and Instagram allows me to do that. So I can just air everything, and then maybe I'll get we'll go viral. <laughs> I've thought about that with like art projects and stuff, where I think about events in my life, and I'm like, this would be good writing, but I don't think I want to talk about this in public. You know, I mean, there's something to just kind of keeping stuff like not bottled up, but you know, not to yourself, not aired out. And, and, and maybe tell people, you know, uh, in in appropriate mm-hmm. settings and stuff, you know. And that's, you know, it's it's the people who have the clinical anxiety or whatever that I don't see doing that. Mm. I think there's a way that we can deal with real serious issues because we have them. Right. We, it's not to negate real things. But I think there's an appropriate way to handle them. And I think that used to be more commonplace a long time ago. Mm. And now with an age of social media, it's just share everything with everyone. Mm. And I'll get some pity and some likes and some, you know. And some of it might be that's the only pity I'm getting ever. Yeah. Because you don't have anybody to commiserate with or sympathize with you. And it sucks because all the zeros and ones and the likes and everything 
our brains weren't designed to see that as community and mm. friendship and uh, confidence with right. people and, and sharing and stuff. But there's so many people that live for those. Yeah. There's people who design their entire personality around those zeros and ones and like what they, their whole life revolves around getting more yeah. thumbs up and thumbs down. So should we just get off the grid? No, because it's still useful. <laughs> it's still a useful tool. I don't I, I I don't. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't see abandoning the tool because you can use it poorly. Yeah, I would maybe reshape it, or maybe like you know, or just put it in its place, right? Like gold is an idol, but it's also useful. I don't know, man. I mean, like it. I think we're we don't know how to use it in moderation enough. No, yeah, that's correct, but. I mean, who are the the leaders on how it's like, to it's like use telling, it? It's like telling an alcoholic, like, well, you know, just use it right. Right. Well, okay, <laughs> like, but we well, can't. Like, right. Well. But what what can make an alcoholic use alcohol correctly? I don't know of anything. Oh, okay. So we have different perspectives. Well, so but maybe, <laughs> but like, so if someone's if someone is alcoholic, and can they ever have a drink at a party? Sure, I think so. <laughs> I think you're very alone in that thought. I might be, but you know what? Here's again, I'm, I'm going to make a biblical argument for it, right? For an alcoholic yes. taking a drink, because the idea of alcoholism is a modern mental health category. Uh -oh. In the Bible, it's a sin called drunkenness. There's no genetic no. predispositions. No, get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I think that's a real thing. No, it's garbage. What other <laughs> what other sins can I pawn off of my genetics? <laughs> I mean, not pawning it off. But it's just, kind of pawning it off. I'm just dealing with it's it. It's not my fault. I'm an alcoholic. I mean, men naturally lust more. Right. And that's biological. Right, but that's not genetic like when my dad well, it's was. biological. Right, but I don't even think. There are plenty of sins that come naturally that we need to rein in. Right, but naturally to... Genetics humans. is naturally. Right, right. But when you say they come naturally, I think it's naturally to all humans. Not like I have a special sin that's not specific to me. With men, I think there's more. And I think with women. Okay, let's say let's there, say that. There's different. Women tend to gossip more. Men right. tend to lust more. Right. right? Okay. No, biologically. Does, right. But does what other ones can you say are unique to one specific man that he can say like, well, this is my genetics. And I, besides alcoholism, what else do we give him a passport? I don't think it's individual. I don't think it has to be individually. But the principle still stands of natural being sinful yes less genetics of alcohol yeah alcohol, but you're, there's a difference between proclivities from like the design being corrupted to i have a genetic predisposition to be an alcoholic what about a social uh something being uh nurtured into you uh that's uh, a sinful or a new nature well okay so like no i'm talking i'm talking about like uh you know I idolize fatherhood because I grew up mm -hmm. without a dad or something. Mm -hmm. That's not natural, but it's it's your it's specific to you that you need to be careful of. Right, but it's not uncommon. Idols can be shaped, I think, by yes, the way yes, we're yes. nurtured. But I think the difference is when we talk about alcoholism, we treat it as if it's not conquerable. I think it's conquerable. Right, but not in, let me put it this way. We we would say with other sins like homosexuality, you don't identify with your sin, right? You, you, you don't would. identify yourself. Like if we were dealing with somebody or we were dealing with that, any kind of thing, you don't identify as that thing. Your identity is in Christ, not in your sin. So for you to say like, well, I'm a homosexual is to say like this sin is my identity. People do that. Right. That's what I'm saying. But that's wrong. Right. 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 So I would say the same thing about alcoholism and say, well, I'm an alcoholic. Right. You're identifying I, I, as right. your sin. I, I agree with that. 
but I don't know if that means you can have a drink or you should. I think you can get to a point in sanctification where you can. Honestly. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question of like, is the sanctifying part that you have, have chosen not to take a drink at all? That's possible too. I, I, I would, I would not, you know, fault somebody for saying my conviction is that I shouldn't drink because of my past. Right. Right, but I think the attitude that the the general like world, uh, you know, AA approach to you're always going to be an alcoholic, you'll never be able to drink, it's always going to be trying to get you back is wrong. Also, I agree with that. It's not your identity. It's not right. who you are. Yeah, I, I would I would disagree with that. But I don't know if uh, it's like well, you can have a drink. Like I don't know. Sometimes, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if I if I knew someone was struggling who has struggled has a history of struggle with alcoholism, I don't know if I'd ask to meet up with them at a bar. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or a pub or like a craft right. beer place or something, and just be like, "Ooh, yeah, I know he kind of has that in his past." So like, I'll kind of be careful. You know, I'm not gonna right, be like, right, right. "Hey, I have one." <laughs> You're not an alcoholic. Go ahead. <laughs> Your identity's in Christ. Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's hard because, again, I look back at the passages where it's like, and such were some of you. Yeah. You know? But but implying you're not anymore. But it doesn't matter. Like, you can be like have, be wasted every single day and that not be your identity. Right. Well, so it doesn't – so that, that's talking about two different things. It's talking about you're, like, you're, you're going to live in – have this sin still or be struggling with it, but it's not your identity. But it doesn't mean it's gone away. Right, when we get into the genetic – these deep, genetic predispositions, that's where it gets weird for me. Like, we're just – we're attributing sins to genetics. It's it's strange that we do that. We're, 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 we're attributing sin to sin natures, fallen natures. Right, but that's common to everybody. Yeah, but it's going to look different too in everybody. Right, so, but not. It's it's the it's the genetic part that's like oh, I'm an alcoholic because it's in my genes. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think someone's an alcoholic be like like genetically uh, determined. Like well, I'm that's what it means to be have a genetic predisposition. Not just tendencies. Not like you will be. You know what I mean? Like, if your father and grandfather are an alcoholic, it doesn't mean you will be one. Right. And you're off the hook. And I think it has more to do with your personality. Man. I think if you have, like, a long line of alcoholism in your life, you're like, ooh, I don't know. I need to kind of be careful about this. I don't know, man. I think personality is bigger that's, than... That's what my mom said. She might have even said already. Because, uh, you know, we have alcoholism in our past, and that's why my mom was kind of, like, was really hawkish on, like, we're not, I'm, I'm not drinking at all, ever. And it, and it wasn't like, oh, if you have one sip, you're going to become an alcoholic. It was, it was, I have this history in my family and I think proven into your genetics and be like, I may, if I open this door, still send me, still on me. Right. Uh, go down this path of alcoholism. I, I feel like I would attribute that more to personality than. I mean, it's your sin. You're still sinning. I'm not saying. Right, right, hook. right. But I'm, I'm just saying like, I don't know if they should have a drink or like if they were an alcoholic in their own lives in the past. You know, they're an alcoholic for 20 years and it's been five, you know, five, six years since they've had right, a drink. Right, I mean, it's more than five, six. It's maybe like, it's, I don't think they should, that person is okay to have a drink. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say, like, this is the one thing you can never overcome. And you overcome it. You, I'm not saying you don't overcome it. I'm saying, what does overcoming it look like? Maybe not having a drink ever again. <sighs> that's that, an interesting perspective. That's what I think a lot of homosexuals have to face mm, that's all true. the time and change and bring their identity into Christ. That's true. That's not that was, straight. Right, right. That was what Rosario Butterfield said. And she was saying, you know, you know, like in her prayer in, in, in coming to Christ is, I'm giving this to you. Mm. And if that means I never have sex again, I mean, that's 
I don't think it can. It has to. I don't right. think it often does. Right. But it might of just like I'm going to live a life of celibacy for Christ, mm-hmm. and that's because my natural inclinations are sinful. That's interesting. And so it's like, okay, if you're going to give your entire identity and life to Christ, what does that mean? Putting everything under submission to Him, and that you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that might mean the complete elimination. Of I don't know. I, I could I could agree to an extent, but I think sexual sin is a different category. Well, yeah, in, in, I mean, in some way, like it's, it's, um, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an identity question and something to think about, but, um, hmm. I don't know. Um, I do want to read this though, because I think it's, we're going to end with this Philippians four. This is where I often also go to when we talk about anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And so finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. And then in uh, verse 19, uh, and my God will supply every need of yours, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus to our God and father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I think that's people read the first part of that often. <laughs> and my God will supply every need of yours. Oh, awesome. Wait, what? According to, <laughs> according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Like, oh, okay. That might look very different than what the world says right. we need of supplying our need, our every need, uh, or even what my church might say supplies my every yeah. need. Uh, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That could look very different than what we think of it. Yeah. So ultimately, that's what it's for. Like if 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 the clothing and, and, and home and food and everything are the point, then that's not going to be provided for you maybe. It's like that's it, – God will smash your idols. And so if you're idolizing these things he's providing and, and glorifying the gift over the giver, that's going to be a problem. But if you're not, truly not, I mean, I think – that you seek the kingdom of God and these things will follow. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I land on anxiety and peace. And look what it says, which surpassing all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So bring your petitions, uh, but everything, pray supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God, I want this job, Mm. right? That's my request. Right. Is the answer. Okay. He'll get it for you. No, the answer is, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will mm-hmm. guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus through not getting the job. Right. And that's my prayer, too. God, I want this job, but I don't want to put my hope and faith in it. Please guard my heart and mind in you against any bitterness or resentment that might come from not getting this job, you know, or from not what I see as what, what I need to provide, being provided for. Guard my heart and my mind against that and guard it in you, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, I think that's where we need to be a place of constant prayer of guard our hearts and minds. Well, the Thanksgiving is that, and that is huge too. Like prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think that's something that's lost too. A lot of times in in prayer, when we're asking for something else, we're not thankful for what we already have. Right. And that's huge. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's it's been an effort to be in my prayers too of like, God, you've already, you've provided so much Mm. for us. Thank you. And let me be grateful for that just in general. Uh, and then, um, 
I'm making a request for this job <laughs> as well. Um, we just, just talk about like talk about contentment and uh, this book, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by mm. Jeremiah Burroughs. So freaking good. I read this like 2019, I think, and it might have been the book of the year um, for me for that. Uh, there's this one part where I, it's worth looking for. Um, where he's talking about our matching our desires with our with what we have, and so we, we desire what we don't have, and if we could match our desires with what we have, let me see. There's a part where he talks about uh, why you might not get that thing that you want. And it was very good. Okay, here it is. Lamentation 324. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Why should you not be satisfied and contented like God? God is contented. He is in eternal contentment in himself. Now, if you have that God as your portion, why should you not be contented with him alone? Since God is contented with himself alone, if you have him, you may be contented with him alone. And it may be that is the reason why your outward comforts are taken from you, that God may be all in all to you. So, again, it says that smashing of idols of like, you know, the reason why your outward comforts are taken from you, that God may be all, all in all to you. So, like, that is where you're satisfied, where you should be satisfied. And if you're not, well, I'm going to take something away so you are. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. there's an anxiety. I mean, contentment, peace, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I think that's the answer. Yeah. Good thought. So before we head out, uh, thoughts on another book you just finished? Oh, you want to do that now or do you want to do it yeah, next time? All right. Uh, finished Hitchens, God is Not Great. I read this like in high school, but I didn't, didn't stick, so I read it again. Um, it's just basically the angry atheist middle school kid, <laughs> you know. So more eloquent. He he likes the sound of his own voice, man. <laughs> I mean, it's very wordy and very just. He, he says a lot without saying anything, mm. and it's kind of annoying. But um, he he it's so many straw men. Like it was it was mm. hard to read because it's just the typical like. Well, there was a Christian who did a bad thing, right? In history, so. There you go. It doesn't work. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what, is he, what do you think you proved? Uh, he doesn't attack the Bible. He attacks religion and religious mm. people. It's like, well, yeah, I agree with like almost everything you're saying. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of these, yeah, these priests who molest kids are bad, but that doesn't, that's not Christianity. Right. And he's saying, what's religion? That's, you mm. know, uh, ter religious terrorists, you know, 9-11. He just lumps everything in. There's no category at all of anything. It's just you're religious in the name of a god. There you go. See what it does. Religion's bad. God is bad. And then he makes, uh, you know, it, it's, and it's the typical by what standard, right? You know, like even the title, God is not great. By what standard? <laughs> what do you, what are you talking about? Great. You mm -hmm. know, where you've all protoplasm, where you get the word great from. Um, and this is one part it says ethics and morality are quite independent of faith and cannot be derived from it. Like he just says that. Just you know, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And he's like, since religion has proved itself uniquely delinquent, 
on the one subject where moral and ethical authority might be counted as universal and absolute, I think we are entitled to at least three provisional conclusions. The first is that religion and the churches are manufactured and that this salient fact is too obvious to ignore. The second is that ethics and morality are quite independent of faith and cannot be derived from it. But he gives no definition of what is moral. Right. What does it mean? And I underlined throughout the whole thing, immoral, bad, <laughs> wrong, evil, cruel, awful, like all these like, you know, adjectives. Like, where are you getting this? You're, what's evil? What's good? You know, it's, it's an assumed thing. Right. Well, you know. Right, you know right. what's, it's we like, all know. No, we don't know. And that's what Doug Wilson in the interview, in the debate with him mm-hmm. asked him that by what standard? He was like, you know, send someone to hell is is, is horrible. Is it by what standard? He's like, oh, that's a good question. And he says, <laughs> and, and then he then he opens it up to audience. Yes, right, right. Who like, here well, thinks? Show of hands. Yeah. Who thinks that that's a moral thing to do? You know, whatever. And it's like, and if I was Doug Wilson, I'd be like, whoa, hang on, hang on. You're asking people in this room, in this place, in this country, in 2010, whatever it was. Let's go back 100 years. Right. Man, answer might be different. That's not a reliable source of crowd of people raising their hand of what's moral. And that's his whole thing is just we, we all know what's good and moral and right. We don't. We constantly <laughs> arguing about that. But he, he sees it as a, as a given of like everyone knows it. Common sense. This is what's right. This is what's it's like. You're insane. Like you go, you should you go to another no country right now. You'll get a different answer. <laughs> uh, so he says. He says, yet again, also too much is being proved. The action of a man who volunteers to die for his fellow creatures is universally regarded as noble. The extra claim not to have really died makes the whole sacrifice tricky and meretricious. Thus, those who say Christ died for my sins when he did not really die at all are making a statement that is false in its own terms. So he's talking about because he was resurrected. We didn't really make sacrifice because he came back. And then he was talking about like the other people like Lazarus and stuff who were also resurrected. Mm. Seems like a common thing. So it's not very, it's not very special, and he doesn't consider the fact that those people died again. That's right. the whole point: right, is right. that Christ is alive today. Mm. Right. Those were resuscitations, ultimately. Right. Christ came alive and did not die again. He is still alive. That he just like ignores that. It's like right. that's the whole Christian thing: is that he stayed alive. Part. Right. We know these other people the were resurrected, but they died again. You know. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just like. You've not heard the gospel. You've not heard like what this is. And I think that's something we really need to consider is that mm-hmm. most people have not heard and rejected true biblical gospel. They've heard some, you know, uh, moral right. lifestyle. You know, they've not heard the true biblical gospel. Um, so another section he says, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just. Uh, he was quoting someone else mm-hmm. saying that in the, this was a statement as incoherent as it is memorable. Given the marvel of a God who was also just, there would be in the long term nothing much to tremble about. It's like, well, if God, well, so that is, he, he's completely unaware of his own sin. Right. This is a man who's never been told, I think, sufficiently that he's a sinner yeah. and that he's understand that. Because why would he be worried? If God is God's just, just I'm yeah, good. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> if God is just, there would be in the long term nothing much to tremble about. Because we if all you're know, all righteous, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. But, he's, but it's, it's a complete lack of understanding. It, and so that's why he's never been shown the true gospel, because the true gospel comes with the bad news first. Mm. And he's never been told the bad news. It's telling to, to hear that line, knowing he's dead now. Like, yeah, I know. And I like Hitchens, like, just uh, personally. Right. He's funny. He's, he's witty. funny. He's witty. He's like Fraser almost. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> 
reminds me of Fraser. He's very erudite, you know, right. very, yeah. And and he like gives blood. All he, he gave blood as often as he could. He's very, uh, very moral person. Right. Very, you know, I think a lot of integrity. Very honest in a lot of times. He just assumes too much, and he just does not have any real understanding. This is like the high school angry atheist mm. kid, and that's just that is where he fell apart with Doug Wilson. Is the assumptions. It's just so many assumptions of what we all know. Sure, we all know it's moral, you know. And it's just like I think it's. It says I was uh, I was a guarded admirer of the late Pope John Paul II, who by any human standards was a brave and serious person capable of displaying both moral and physical courage. By any human standards, what are those? You talk so by any the humans, uh, the standards of evolved apes, and he even says. He even calls people mammals in like very, gets very like just matter of fact, uh, he calls, it says, you talk about Kim Jong-il, you know, this stupid, this ignorant mammal and his equally ignorant mammal son. It's like, okay, where are you getting this moral things? Yeah. Ludicrous mammal, Kim Il-sung and his pathetic mammal son, Kim Jong-il. We're animals. Who cares? Right. Where are you getting these standards of good and right and immoral and ludicrous and pathetic or whatever in a bunch of evolved mammals like he that 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 gap is like he's just completely blind to it well i think all atheists have to because like it, it they lose any footing when everything that they're talking about is a facade right if because in a materialistic worldview morality love kindness respect those are all just facades veneer it's over our, yeah <laughs> over our evolutionary baldness <laughs> yeah. that's all it is yeah, I mean, it's that thing of, like, they speak out of one side and then yes. do something else. It's like, we're all stardust, but murder is bad. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're all stardust. I just said a right. second we ago. We don't weep over supernovas. John Piper said, you know, we, we, we teach children, we teach kids in school that they're animals, and we get outraged and shocked when they start killing each other like animals in the same schools that we taught them that they're stardust and evolved animals. What do you think they're going to start thinking about each other if they're really depressed and have a lot of anxiety and are pissed off. They're just going to be like, well, who cares? It's just this nihilistic thing. I mean, it's a natural thing. And it, it's like, oh, it doesn't have to lead to that. But but it where else can? But it logically does. Right. You're right. I don't think it does. But that's because you're denying. You don't believe what you're actually saying. Hmm. That, that's the only reason you're not Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> because you don't actually believe what you're saying. Hmm. And even he didn't, you know, believe that was right either. Um, and he said, he quotes from the Brothers Ketamazov, which is... Um, uh, on my list for this year to read, <laughs> yeah, I know it's an inner page, <laughs> but there's a part where this guy, I guess, um, Ivan to Alyosha says, uh, tell me straight out. I, I call on you. Answer me. Imagine that you yourself are building the edifice of human destiny with the object of making people happy in the finale of giving them peace and rest at last. But for that, you must inevitably and unavoidably torture just one tiny creature, that same child who was beating her chest with her little fist and raise your edifice on the foundation of her unrequited tears. Would you agree to be the architect of such conditions? Tell me the truth. That's basically what his, his accusation, like, oh, there's all this, you know, why does there got to be so much sacrifice for that, if the point is happiness? But he, he reveals he doesn't know what he's talking about. To use this quote, because it says, uh, building the edifice of human destiny with the object of making people happy in the finale. That's not Christianity. Right, that's not the point. Right, but I think he, he thinks it is, and so many other people do. Christianity's point is to make you happy, to be comfortable, to be at peace, 
and to float around in clouds right in in what he's I said before the amusement park in the sky no you don't know what christianity is that mm. you he's not attacking the bible he's attacking all these other false ideas of right. christianity and so it's so frustrating all these straw men that he's attacking he doesn't go after the bible hardly at all those mm. are his and, and those are his weakest arguments his best arguments are against sinful people I'm right there with right. you. Okay. I agree that, uh, with everything he says on that, on the immorality of some Christians. I agree. But that's not what we're talking about here, and that's not the point of Christianity. So he never actually is attacking mm. true biblical Christianity. Um, he says, humanism has many crimes for which to apologize, but it can apologize for them and also correct them in its own terms and without having to shake or challenge the basis of any unalterable system of belief. Totalitarian systems whatever outward form they may take are fundamentalist. And as we would say now, would now say faith-based. I would agree with that, but he's saying, because you talk about like Mao and Stalin and all these sort of atheists, all the bloodshed from atheist regimes and stuff and totalitarianism. And he's saying like, well, it's pretty much a religion. It's like, yeah, but you believe a religion. What you believe is faith-based also. And he won't say he is because he's not a totalitarian and he's not a Christian because they're both pretty much religious faith-based systems. But his is not. His is not, you know, and that's how it always goes, right? right. Well, everybody, you know, and he says, calls it the default. He even calls it in here, you know, thinking the default mode of <laughs> of atheism. But um, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to read because I don't actually feel like he's actually attacking Christianity. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So it's, it's just a very, like, ignorant view of what true biblical Christianity is and then t- attacking it just and you're right again you know <laughs> but you've given no basis for what is moral or great or wrong or evil or anything it's just assumed that's so much of atheism though i, I feel like there's there's probably a lot of christians who feel like they can defend their faith and it's because they think atheists have a valid argument yeah and they don't realize they don't <laughs> too much too much is conceded at the very beginning yes you're trying to like battle with swords when you got to point out he's not holding a sword right it, uh, but no one points that out they just give it to him they just hand him one yeah no oh, you forgot one. yeah and then you start fighting it's like well, hang on you, you stole from your right sword rack you know don't let him don't let him do that <laughs> it's a lot easier <laughs> you know by what standard you have mm. no ground to stand on we're all stardust whatever but mm. well on that i mean read it if you want to i guess I mean, it, that is a lot of what is out there. Yeah, so go ahead. Just, I mean, it is. And then also watch Collision. It's yes. Great. Doug Wilson's debate with Christopher Hitchens. Really, really great. Cool. Uh, until next time, which we're actually going to be moving around. So uh, Wednesday afternoons, we're looking at. Yeah, I guess so. Wednesdays at 5 ish. So that's what we'll be shooting for going forward. Uh, so hopefully we'll have everything up by Fridays, which today is Friday. So I'll have to try to have it up tomorrow. Anyways. A little chaos today, but we got it out. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for being here. This is the time. This is the place. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.